Second week in our dating series, talking about actually specifically dating tonight. And this one is going to be focused on, let's talk about who. WHO, not the World Health Organization. Yes, I was hoping that'd get something. I didn't know. I was like, man, I don't even want to like, ugh, I'm sick of all the things. <laughs> when I was in sixth grade, I don't know how, how like young y'all started to be and how like what grade you were in when like, I don't know, it wasn't even dating, but it was like, boy, it was the boyfriend, girlfriend thing, right? Because it wasn't even a relationship. Because what happened was you kind of knew a girl a little bit, but like, their friends came to you and was like, hey, she likes you. You need to be her boyfriend. Like the weird conversations like that, right? Like, like it's just this awkwardness about it. Um, and we didn't know what it looked like and what it meant. But it was like, for me, this was like sixth grade. And maybe that's old now because I don't know what happens with elementary. My, my son, oh, no, I'm not going to share this one. My daughter's three and a half years old. She came home one day after my wife picked her up uh, from daycare and apparently had been handed off and wed to a boy in her daycare. And if it's starting at that age, I have a problem. I will start homeschooling and she will be locked in our house forever. But it's getting younger and younger. It just is. This whole idea of expectation, what dating looks like in relationship and boyfriend, girlfriend. And like, I'm so old, I don't even know what actual verbiage is. Now that he, Brandon's shaking his head, he knows. I was in sixth grade and as any, anyone from South Dakota, and I don't know if it's, it's probably more than just South Dakota, but you heard of the Shrine Circus? No one? Anyone? Give me some. Oh, okay. Amen. Good deal. Well, the Shrine Circus would come into town, and it was a circus. Y'all know what circus is. Meet in the auditorium. They sometimes bring elephants. There's tigers. Not Joe Exotic style, but there's tigers there. <laughs> and they come, and, and, and for some reason, and I, I, I can't remember why, but during, like, the, the motorcycle... BMX bike thing where they were in the circle and they were going around the circles and every time I looked at it, I wanted to throw off because I got dizzy just watching them. Every time in that part, the lights would go crazy and then there was one moment right at the end where they would like turn the lights off and then they'd raise these circles and then they'd turn the lights back on and then the motorcycles would go again. And for some reason, when I was in sixth grade and this was just the middle school thing to do that, if you had someone that you called your significant other, which I didn't even know that was a word when I was in sixth grade, but boyfriend or girlfriend, you would sit by them, and when the lights went out, you'd kiss them. And that was like the peak. That was like, made it. I win. And for some reason, there was always this weirdness of competition. It was like, I'm going to kiss someone before you. Like, it was weird. Like, I have weird friends, people. Well, this is what we like. We like challenge each other because it was never cool on the playground where it's like, oh, you have this and they like you. And uh, uh, uh. It was always awkward. And it's like, and then if you said you had a girlfriend, like all, the, all your boyfriends or your friends that are boy, whatever you call them, boyfriends. I have boyfriends. They're cool guys. It's like, they'd be like, oh, that's weird. You have a girlfriend. Oh, why don't you go stand by her? It's like, what are you talking about? And there's just awkwardness. But this competition, like get them to the circus. And as, your parent, as my parents are driving me to the circus, because I was too far away to walk, I didn't know how to drive, sixth grade, all I'm thinking is like, I hope she's coming. I thought we'd be there. <laughs> Man, we didn't do the thing where it's like, hey, you got to go pick her up. I don't know. <sighs> Get there, sixth grade, Shrine Circus. We're sitting, is in section like 120, right toward the end. Like if the basketball hoops were there, it's kind of like where the basketball hoop would be on the sideline. Four rows up. Don't know why I remember that detail. Like, I can't remember certain things about what Abby talked about me the day before, but I can remember where I was sitting. I think it was more tra uh, traumatic experience than anything. I probably need counseling for it. 
and we get there and I see her there. We're sitting, she's in the lobby. And so we go and we walk together and I sit by her and she sits by me and her friends are on her side and my friends are on my side and everyone knows what's about to happen. Everyone knows. So we're going through the circus saying, I'm enjoying the tigers because I like them. The elephants are okay. Man, they just poop a ton and it's horrid. Oh, it's rough. And then the bicycle, the motorcycle's gone. And they come and the lights are flashing and things are showing. Everyone knows. And I got like my best friend here whispering in my ear like, oh, you gotta kiss her, you gotta hey. Remember when the lights go? Because I, I know, I know what to do, I know. Oh. And the lights went out. And for some reason I closed my eyes because it wasn't dark enough already. And I closed my eyes and I lean over and it was horrible. Right in the eye. I got her right in the eye. And then it was awkwardness of like, like move, do I move my lips? Do I find the lips? Like, I don't know. What, I, I've never kissed. Like, I don't know what to do. And then we finally kind of locked lips and it was weird and awkward. But then at the end, I was like, I looked at my was like, I kissed her. It was just awkward. <laughs> when it comes to relationships and dating, I think we're just weird about it. Because dating is something that the Bible doesn't specifically address. And it's unfortunate that we get younger and younger and have these pressures and expectations put on us. Maybe it's by your middle school friends, <laughs> but as parents and how we see them being in relationship with another, it's anything we see on the movies. Brennan, I think, like, just what you talk about rom-coms. I, I like rom-coms, but you're not wrong. Like, they just build up these expectations that are so negative. And we're becoming younger and younger and figuring out, like, how do I handle this idea of being in a relationship with someone else? And... When it comes to dating, like, what does that look like? What am I supposed to do? And it's even harder because, like I said, the Bible doesn't specific, specifically address what it means to date well. And then, because we've all had experiences in some types of relationships, whenever we do a series like this, there's awkwardness. And it's weird because it's either like, okay, I'm single and I'm doing everything that Brennan told me to do last week where singleness is a good gift from God if we use it the right way for you to get fully undivided devotion to the Lord. And I'm doing that and nothing's happening. What am I supposed to do? Or it's we've had relationships and there's pain and it's hard to talk about because every time relationships are mentioned or dating is mentioned, they get brought, those feelings get brought, brought back up again. Or with some of you, it's like you're in a relationship. It's like, I don't know if this is going well. Or some of you are in a relationship and it's going well and you just want to be affirmed in something, which is fine. But this is so important because there's so many people, even if you're not dating or if you're single, engaged and even married, that what I think God desires for tonight in talking about the who in the midst of dating, not just the how and what do I need to do, there's something that he has for every single one of us in this. Every single one of us. So even now, just in this moment, allow I should say this better. Don't allow the fear of maybe past relationships to hinder you that God wants you to hear tonight, okay? Don't allow even your frustration and you feel like you're doing everything right to stop you from hearing what the Spirit desires for you to do in this moment. As I was writing this and preparing for this message, I was convicted in a lot of different things. As a married man for 10 years, there are things that's like, man, I know I could be doing this better. Even as our, knowing I've already been picked and I've made that covenant and commitment to another person, there are things that, as I'm going to tell you guys, that, man, I don't know if I'm that to my wife even now. So as you hear this, know that what I'm about to say, I think, are biblical 
biblical principles and priorities of how God desires for us to pursue not just the dating, but intimate relationships with one, with one another. This isn't, if you do this all perfectly, everything's going to work out. This is, as, I, as we search the scripture, as I've heard other pastors talk about this and read different books, putting all of this together is just reality. like, okay, in what you can control in your own specific life, when it comes to specifically who God desires for you to date, try to go about it this way. Singleness, as Brennan said, is this undivided devotion to the Lord. It's a moment in time for you to have your allegiance aligned with Jesus. And in order, first and foremost, in order for you to start pursuing a healthy dating relationship, you need to get your relationship with God right first. And at least pursuing it, trying to be intentional with it. Dating is the next process of the romantic relationship, whatever process, and it's about assessment. So if singleness is about undivided devotion to the Lord, finding your allegiance with Jesus and him alone, dating is about assessment. Dating is the transportation vehicle getting you to a specific, specific relational destination. What we know and we read from Genesis 2 and Jesus quotes in Matthew 19 is we have this specific defined reality of what marriage is. Dating for us in our culture is the process of assessing someone in who they are as a person, how they act, and even assessing yourself within that relationship in figuring out, okay, is this the person that I could potentially marry one day? Dating is assessing the person that you're supposed to run the rest of your life with in the midst of you pursuing Jesus well. It's allowing yourself to see who you can run the race with. It's a process we used to evaluate if we want to continue to run with this person or not. And I think a myth that we have in the midst of this dating as we pursue dating one another or each other uh, is that I date, get in relationship, okay, I think I can marry them and then get to, oh, I'm engaged, awesome. And then it's like, oh, I'm married. And we see like almost dating or in itself or definitely marriage as this finish line. And I think we missed out on the reality of what God calls us into. The finish line isn't marriage. The finish line is always gonna be Jesus. Dating just gives you an opportunity to assess, can I run someone this race of trying to become more like Jesus? Because that's what God's called me to be. And in that, the who is always more important than the how. Because it doesn't matter if you do dating really well. Maybe you crush at being in a dating relationship. Dating being assessment. Seeing, okay, is this person someone I can run the rest of my life with? And pursuing the things that God has for me. Maybe you do that process well. You ask all the right questions. You take them out to all the right restaurants. You buy them all the right gifts. But if that person is the wrong person, then all of it, everything else behind that is pointless. So the who is more important than the how, and I will talk about the how next week. And so in pursuing, okay, where do I need to start? Right, I want to start biblically, we're followers of Jesus. Okay, what does the Bible say to me, uh, and how does it address how I interact with other people, and how to see what's even healthy in another person? In starting this dating 
process, assessing this other person, where do I need to look? Proverbs 21.9 says, it's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. And I was like practicing today at home and I read this verse out loud and Abby come like around the corner. She looked at me, she's like, what are you reading? I was like, no, no, it's for the message tonight. He's like, better be for the night. You better not be talking to someone about me. And she, I was like, babe, it's a, it's a Bible verse. Like, I'm not talking about you. I, that's all joke. I, it didn't actually happen. Um, <laughs> but she did. I was reading it. And I said, like, and I asked her this question. I was like, why do you think it just says quarrelsome wife? Because in our relationship, I tend to be more quarrelsome than she does. And the reality here is this idea that it's better to understand and be able to use the dating as an evaluation and assessment process to see, okay, how does this person react in certain situations? When there's tension and stress brought about, how do they tend to react? Uh, guys, if the girl you're dating, which you're assessing and evaluating, can this be the person that I run the rest of my life with and pursuing the things that God has for me? If there's always drama with roommates, that's an aspect of being quarrelsome. Women, same thing with guys. If there's always frustration and anger and bitterness towards relationship with parents, mom or dad, just notice it. Proverbs 25, 28 says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Women, does he have a temper? Like, does he treat waiters like they're not people? When you're out and about, these are the things and, and the ways, like again, the Proverbs are principles, not promises. But we read them and say, okay, as I pursue this, as I'm reading what this is saying, okay, I can assess and evaluate, all right, who is this person? And that takes time, which is why it's called dating. It's a process, and that's okay that it takes time. I think we wanna jump in to things way too quickly. Unfortunately, it's just not that simple, right? It's like, okay, I can read all the problems. I know what I need to look for in a person. All right, was looked at have self-control. All right, fruits of the spirit. Okay, we're looking at all these things. But we don't just right away start with that. Unfortunately, the culture, um, and I think just even in our own flesh and sin, we make mistakes. And there's mistakes we make in the process of when we look for people and who we should date. One is we take on a consumer mentality. It's wanting to find someone that works specifically for me, that can serve me and me alone, that will help me get to where I want to go. And we doing this, what we do is we set ourselves up to allow the significant other in our life to be to us what only God can be to us. The consumer mentality says, I'm going to take and take and take. I want someone who will serve me for me. What can I get out of this relationship? Second mistake I think that we make is when we talk about the who, we only focus solely on the outward characteristics. And this is the whole like list thing. And if you say you don't have a list for who you want to look for, if you desire to be married, and Brennan, Brennan mentioned this last week, nine, the, the stats are insane. 90% of people who desire to be married end up getting married. Like that's crazy to me. So if you have a desire to be married, usually you've made a list. And the problem is we've allowed culture to push into us and encourage us in making this list. We focus solely on outward characteristics, which is what the world usually does. In this, we tend to create fantasy people and can compare them to people we know it doesn't work. We take the Burger King approach to finding a person that I'm supposed to marry. Right? Have it your way? Nothing? No? Okay. Sounds good. We do. We take the Burger King approach. And so what we do, and I have my wife help me with this, so this is going to be super fun for me. Um, we, we come up with, with things, right? I want, I want, 
got to be funny. They have to have a sense of humor. This is important. And then we put it in like, all right, it's a core thing that needs to happen in my list. All right, what else? Uh, I'm, then you have a career. They got a career. They make in that bank. They can provide for me, right? Amen? It's like, what, 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 uh, what degree are you going for? <laughs> Philosophy? <laughs> we do that. <laughs> we do that. Oh, wait, yo, you pre-med? Hey. You yeah, right? Right here? Yeah. You're going to go sit down and have some coffee? We make this list. And again, these things I'm going to say, they're not all technically bad, but what we do is that we put them in a core bucket and we fill our bucket up with the things that I need to have this. This has to happen. Career, job, money. Oh, Brandon, <laughs> did you mess with my stuff here? This has got to be you. I don't even know what this means. I'm going, to say so, I'm going to say something stupid right now. I just know what's going to happen. <laughs> Got to have that swag. Got to look good. <laughs> I just, I, that one was fun for me more than anything. This is important for people. Political. I'm going there. It got really weird right now. We got election coming up, people. But this isn't like, people say like, no. You ain't voting red. We're done. Say, you don't vote blue? Are you kidding me? But we put it in the corners. Like, they need to be on the same page. Again, some of these are okay. But we, what we do and what we've allowed the culture and ourselves to even do in our flesh and even in our feelings is to put them into the core necessity of having to find that person. Oh, this is good. <laughs> Vegan. And that's not bad. I'm not, I'm not seeing that as bad. Like, I mean, Jesus ate meat. But, like, this isn't bad. Look, look up the Passover, the Passover meal that they had, figure out what they ate. This isn't bad, right? It's like, you want to be vegan, but then all of a sudden what you do is you put the expectation on the person that you want to find, say, they got to be vegan too. And all of a sudden you're thinking about like, man, I don't know if I can make meatballs for this person. Like if, they, if they're meat, I don't know why I can do it. And we put there's these weird, weird expectations. This one, I want someone who's going to be a cool dad. Like it's got to be a part of it. And what we've done with this is we said, I care actually more about if you're going to be a friend with your future son or daughter than actually if you actually desire to want a family and raise them together in a home that loves Jesus. Just be cool. Like, don't be, oh man, I'm going to be the worst parent when it comes to my kids' activities. The worst. I'm not, I'm going to embarrass them because all I'm going to do, whether they fail miserably or perform amazingly, is encourage the crap out of them. I'm going to be yelling because that's who I am. I scream and I holler and that's not a cool parent. It's like, I don't want you embarrassing me when we're out at our kids' things. Like people think about this stuff in the midst of being single as a 19-year-old. It's like, I don't want to know he's going to be a cool dad. Just saying, put in the core, need to have it. It's not, this one I had pre-Jesus. And, and, and look at that, it's right there. Vikes fan, I'm serious. It's like, if they like the Packers, I'm done. I'm leaving. And I think we all actually just need to take a moment of silence right now. The Vikings are playing Seattle. Don't tell me the score. Let's just, they need as much prayer as possible. I'm kidding. I'm just joking. We do that. We put these weird things. And these actually, oh, they got to have this. This, this I'm just going to keep saying, this is, they got to be sensitive. They got to be in touch with their feelings. They do. If they're not, don't want them. Like, what? You haven't cried in seven years? Nope. Or the other way around. It's like, what? You've cried every seven hours? Like, ugh. 
which is me. <laughs> That's just true. But I need it. Got to have it. Again, in and of themselves, these things aren't all bad, but we make them that they have to be these core essential things that this person is going to find. And we create this fantasy person that doesn't all really exist. They say, so they got to go to church. This is what we've done in the church that's been really, really weird. We haven't defined well or asked the right questions when it comes to what does it mean that they got to go to church? And we actually haven't even put it sometimes in the cores. We put it in like, I just kind of want this. But if they don't have it, that's okay. It's like, oh, well, you go to church? You, go to, oh, you heard Oasis? Me too. I've actually heard of a conversation, a story that that happened downtown. <laughs> Not kidding. People met. The connection point was that they were downtown. I don't think it was a nine, but it was something like nine. <laughs> I said, oh, I go to Oasis. You go to Oasis? Yeah, I was like, interesting. But we have this assumption and an expectation that in dating, it's like as long as they just say they go to church, that's enough. And these lists ultimately, and I'm not, I'm not bashing lists because I actually think it's healthy and good sometimes to have a list but we have allowed them to become something that control us and that hinder us and don't serve us. Because our expectations are all, the, all of a sudden so high and unrealistic that it's so ridiculous that eventually we're just actually gonna end up being alone. And because we haven't pursued healthy Christian follower of Jesus community and we haven't pursued God and saying, hey God, what actually do you want? What needs to be on this list? What need do I have to fill these buckets with? What do you desire for me to see in a person is we built these lists on the faulty assumption that we actually know what we want or need. Another danger is we tend to build our list based off of chemistry and beauty and charm, but we end up lost because they end up being the flimsiest parts of a relationship. So real quick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you four things that'll allow your list, I, I just, I don't know why I went this direction, I really don't, but I think it's important and someone, someone I, I hope is gonna be blessed in hearing this, is how to help the list serve you and not hinder you or control you. And then I'm gonna go into three things of what I think should be a part of that and what the Bible tells us and what God has for you. So four things real quick, how to have the list serve you and not hinder you, is what does God want on it? Gotta start there. Allow God's desires for you to be primary and foundational, not your specific wants and needs. Because when we end up allowing our specific wants and needs when, with our flesh, our sinful desires, and our feelings to control who we're looking for in someone else, we almost always end up with hurt and brokenness and heartache. Like God's desires for you be primary and foundational. In the midst of that, okay, looking at your word, God is seeing what it says. Okay, what specifically, what else do you want on this list? What, what needs to be a core essential thing in looking for that who and what's okay to still, it's okay to still have wants. Like, oh, I'd like to have this in someone else. But it's a negotiable thing. It's not necessarily a non-negotiable. Pray about the wants that you do have. Are they ridiculous? Like, they have to be a Vikings fan. Because that's ridiculous. I legitimately had that on my list at one point in my life. Just dumb. I'm just not a smart person sometimes, and that's okay. God's gracious. And then in the midst of this, as, you, as you're looking at these things, as you're pursuing God for who he desires to have, you start to assess and evaluate, seeing if that's the person that you can run the rest of your life with and pursuing the things God has for you and helping you become more like Jesus. 
Is there an invitation as you're writing things, these things down and seeing that for you to become the person you're actually looking for? So it's, instead of just saying, well, I want him to go to church, it's I'm starting to ask the right questions of what it means and looks like to go to church, of what it means and looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And all of a sudden, I have this expectation, I have this thing written down, and I want this so bad, like, uh, uh, I want a spouse and a partner who's gonna not just serve me because I wanna be served, but is gonna encourage me and I'm gonna be a better person because of who they are and I'm gonna be more like Jesus because of who they are. Is there an invitation and I say, okay, look at yourself. Am I that person that's gonna help that other person be more like Jesus? Four ways to allow the list to help you, to serve you and not hinder you or control you. And then finally, okay, so what are we supposed to look for? Was a little vague here are three things. Look for one, someone pledged to the same purpose. God cares a lot about who you marry. He just does. He cares a lot about who you have intimate and close relationships with. So who do you look for? Look for someone who is pledged to the same purpose. Your purpose is gives you value. Your value helps you choose your goals and your goals determine the decisions for how you're gonna live and do life. And if those purposes aren't aligned and you're not running toward the same thing, you're gonna have different values and different goals and there's gonna be tension and frustration. Dating is the assessment. It's, that trans, it's the relational vehicle to get you to a relational destination of marriage. Allow that dating, that time, that process. Okay, is this someone who is pledged to the same purpose? And as followers of Jesus, we recognize and know that your purpose, why you are here on this earth, is the reality that God has made you and created you to be in relationship with him. Pledged to the same purpose, made to be in relationship with God. Jesus tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And it's not just to know him intimately. It's like I said before, it's to make him known, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all might find that person in room 200 tonight. I'm just saying. It's possible. I don't know if it's gonna happen. But in that room, what you might see around the table and in moments of community and in church at Oasis and in the foyer is when you're in the right location, that's the first step in helping you recognize, okay, what's this person's purpose in life? This is something that should be established, I believe, right away. Are they a believer of Jesus? It's a day one thing for me. Look for someone who can keep the same pace as you. Second Corinthians 6.14 says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness. The background of this verse is Deut- Deuteronomy 22. And in Deuteronomy 22, it says, do not pair an ox and a donkey together. In pairing them and yoking them together, a yoke was a piece of a farming equipment that allowed you to dig and make a straight line so you could plant your seed. It's able to dig up the soil and turn the soil so you can get the purpose of getting plants in the ground and getting fruit done and crops done. And to pair an ox and a donkey together would be a very, very terrible idea. Ox are big and husky, like I'm an ox. Like, I, I feel like I'm an ox. I'm okay with that. Bigger, strong. I don't know if I'm that strong, but. Doggies are a little more dainty. They're, they're just smaller. 
It's not a good pairing in going the same direction for a specific purpose. The ox would take control, the donkey would get hurt. So when it's saying this idea of being someone, finding someone to be ple- that's pledged to the same purpose, are they a believer first and foremost? Do they love Jesus? Are they pursuing him? Do they desire for him to be completely in control over their life? Do not bind yourself with someone who is not in step with you on the biggest decisions in life and the biggest decision you can make in your life is to be a follower of Jesus. Don't compromise. So, number one, someone that you can, that's also pledged to the same purpose as you. Number two, someone who's pursuing godly character. Pursuing godly character. God, <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm very thankful that we get to have experiences like this, to be able to worship together and be in community together and, and, and hear the word of God. And in these moments like this, what God is doing and, and through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us as, as believers in Christ is he is forming us and conforming us to the image of Jesus. And everything we're doing when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, he's helping us become more like Jesus, growing in character and in competency. This is meaning that you want someone who's committed to becoming like Jesus in character and in action. Are they an active pursuer of God? Again, anyone can say they go to church. Anyone can say they go to church. Are they pursuing Jesus? And in that, is there an invitation for you to recognize, okay, how am I pursuing Jesus? And this takes time. Watch their life. What's prompting their decisions? What's the company that they keep, the inputs that they have? Is what's coming out of their mouth, which is an overflow of the heart, things that are uplifting or discouraging? Dating is the assessment and valuation. Can I marry this person that we'd be able to become more like who God created us to be? It takes time. It takes time to figure out these things. So take the time. Don't rush it. Be patient. And someone who's pursuing a godly character, would they make you a better person by being around them? You want a person that's gonna love you for better or worse in sickness and in health. And then number three, someone who you possess chemistry with. And I struggle with this one a little bit. But there has to be and should be some kind of connection. So that first one, pledge to the same purpose. It's gotta be a core. Are they pursuing godly character? And then finally, is there some sort of chemistry? And, for, and why I struggle with it is that I think, I think even for the longest time myself, I've struggled with, a, I don't know if it's a reality thing, but this idea that chemistry was just merely physical attraction and physical intimacy, and it's not. It's a lie. And so even as we look at how our culture dates, a lot of it and so much of it is based off sex. And I'm actually super excited to be able to talk about sex and dating in two weeks. Um, just damn, don't be, fa- don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be fearful. I actually think that it could be a blessing and, and, and something that you may hear that actually will change the trajectory of some of your guys' lives for the betterment. Um, I just, I really do believe that. But our, we've made sex to be so much about a part of how we have chemistry with another person. And the reality is once you get married, marriage is a lot more than behind sex because you can't have sex all the time. It's just a reality. I, I would go into more detail, but I'm not going to right now. <laughs> Got him. You just can't. A lot of marriage is sitting around and having conversation with each other. 
A lot of marriage is just being able to be with each other and not be annoyed. There has to be some sort of conversation. Can you hold conversation with each other? And again, dating is a process of assessment and evaluation. It takes time to figure out if you can actually hold conversation with each other. I'm gonna share the story, and I'm gonna have a team come up. Not, not yet. After I share the story, and a few more things. <laughs> um, in figuring out chemistry, for some people, it, it's way quicker, and for others, it takes way longer. Like for me, I tend to trust people way easier than Abby did. And so like I knew once she said I could start pursuing her that unless she called it off, we would get married. Done. It was done. Maybe not the healthiest thing, but I just knew. I think we'd been friends for years. We'd been in the same environment and community. We'd been on leadership team with crew and with Oasis. And it was like we were in these same things. And there was one time in March of 2008, we were at a hockey game. It might have been February. We were at a hockey game. I went to hockey because uh, we had a couple people we knew um, who we went to church with that played on the team. And we were watching this hockey game and I was talking to my friend. All of a sudden I looked over and I just, I noticed Abby. And something hit in my head that I was like, man, there's something about her that I just, I really like. We've been in a relationship for a couple years. It's easy for me to hold a conversation. I was physically attracted to her, which I think there's an important aspect of that. She definitely was not physically attracted to me right away. If you want to know that story, come up after and talk to me about it, and I'll tell you. <laughs> but it was just one of these moments that also I've been in a relationship with this guy. I was like, there, we had some sort of chemistry. But it wasn't perfect, and we actually had to work on actually kind of having continual long conversation with each other. I'm going to let you in on, a, on our first date experience, which is horrible, but really funny. We went to Perkins for a brunch, just classic, right, Perkins, not great food, but kind of good food. I like it. Super unhealthy. Went to Perkins. Like, let's go to Park. We go on a date. First date. First official like date. A date opportunity to get to know each other. Continue a little more to start this dating evaluation and assessment. Okay, can we be together forever in helping uh, each other pursue the things that God has for us? Went to Perkins. Sat down. I ordered potato pancakes. She got like eggs, medium something with some bacon and hash browns. And so as soon as the potato pancakes sat down on the plate, I started getting sick. Didn't start eating anything. Stomach started turning. And not the good kind. And I, for the next 30 minutes, about four different times had to run to the bathroom because stuff was coming out. <laughs> and in that moment <laughs> was the start of our pursuing each other to figure out if we could marry each other. <laughs> and then what I'm thankful about Abby is she didn't allow one horrid experience for me. Like, she had to carry me to the car and take me home and lay me down on the futon because I was horribly sick. But we didn't put weird expectations on what it looks like to start the dating process. We knew it was going to take time to figure out, okay, we know we both love Jesus. We know we're fully sold out and committed to pursuing godly character. But do we have chemistry? And sometimes it takes time, and that's Okay. Some really simple things as you pursue what it looks like to have chemistry together. Um, yeah, do you enjoy talking to each other? Uh, are you compatible theologically? And here's what I'm just gonna say about this. Can you go to church together? I've, I've had too many conversations with young adults and with college students where they go to separate churches. And I'm just saying long-term, that is not healthy. That doesn't mean you both don't love Jesus. And that doesn't mean that you're not all in for him and what he has for you. But the reality is there's got to be some sort of chemistry when it comes to, th to theological issues and, and realities and doctrine. 
Like gift of tongues is this kind of thing. If you grew up in a church where it's like gift of tongues was a thing and it's like we're all in and we experience it and want it, and the person that you're dating and, and going through this assessment evaluation process is not about the gift of tongues, like you need to know that about each other. Now it doesn't need to be like the first question, like you speak in tongues? Like first day, like go ahead, you speak in tongues? You know what that is? Let's talk about it. But over time, use the time to figure out, okay, are we compatible in this area? And there's gonna be some things that are more core theologically and when it comes to church that you don't agree on and some of those can be negotiable. But you gotta know yourself well to figure that out and you gotta be okay with having those conversations and figuring out what does it look like? What do we need to be aligned in? And it's for sure purpose, character, and some of this chemistry stuff. It's gotta be there. But then within that, there are negotiable things and then there are some for you non-negotiable. You gotta know yourself. Yeah, are you socially compatible? Uh, this doesn't mean you're the same person. Me and my wife are completely different people. I'm an extrovert, she's an introvert. And that could have put a lot of strain and has in some moments in our relationship and marriage has put a strain in, in that relationship. Um, but what we've noticed has actually been really beneficial for us. You're not looking for a, a copy carbon of, of, of who you are and the person you're dating. You're looking for someone that can come alongside you and actually be compatible for you and compliment you well. So like in moments where Abby's introvertedness wanted to take over, I was able to encourage her and push her out of her comfort zone to be able to meet new people. And then there are times where it's like, I, all I wanna do is meet new people and be with people and I love it and I want people and I love people. And it's like, Ben, you gotta slow down, man. Let's, like, let's just be alone. Let's, let's have some time. Let's be in solitude. Let's be silent. It's okay to not talk all the time. And she's helped me in this stuff. You don't wanna copy perfect news. And that doesn't mean you can't be two extroverts who all go and love people. It's just in that moment, if you're two extroverts dating each other, you just gotta be more intentional on what it looks like to not always be around people. Just read reality. And then there's the whole idea of physical attraction. And I struggle with this one. Again, come and talk to me about how Abby wasn't physically attracted to me right away and I'll tell you why. But as you use the dating process, there's some sort of aspect of physical attraction that has to be there. Because eventually, again, God created sex. There's an aspect of physical attraction when it comes to sex. Uh, wait till you get married. But there's a reality of it that is there. With me and Abby's relationship, she became more physically attracted to me as she got to know me more. Because I was legitimately a tool. A lot of my time in college, I just was. I was just coming to know Jesus, trying to figure out what it means to live, be like Jesus and, and help people and serve people and love people well. And I was like, I still had some old Ben tendencies that were not of Jesus that needed to get dropped and get rid of. And she was patient and she was encouraging. And yep. <laughs> Are you on the same purpose? Are they pursuing godly character? Is there some aspects of chemistry that just need to be there? And in all of that, know what your wants are. And some of these, again, like I said, in and of themselves are not bad. It's when we put a, I think, unrealistic expectation on someone else that either isn't biblically accurate or is unfair to you and to them. But know, know what's non-negotiable for you. Team, you, you can go ahead and come up. Know what's non-negotiable for you when looking for someone who's gonna encourage you to become more like Jesus, can encourage you to live for him and love him and wanna be in relationship with him. Let's pray together and we're gonna sing one more song and we'll get you guys out of here. I'm actually gonna ask you guys to stand up. Sorry. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you, again, in, in looking what it looks like to, to pursue and start this dating relationship. And we wanna start with this recognition that we wanna be really intentional and purposeful with the who 
recognizing and knowing that there's not just a one person who's out there for us and I can only find that one person. It's this recognition that as I'm pursuing you fully and full out King Jesus and I'm running this race and, I, and my goal is you, Jesus, as I run this race and as I'm intentional and in being in community and worship with other believers, all of a sudden I'm seeing other people run this race. And in that, God, I'd ask, man, that there would just be clarity in what our purpose is tonight. That if there are people here tonight who have not given their lives over to you, Jesus, I'd ask that you would do a work right now, Holy Spirit, in the heart that they would say, Jesus, I'm yours. That even right now, God, there would be recognition that our sin has separated us from you, but Jesus, through your life, death, and resurrection, you paid for that sin and made a way for us to be back in relationship with God and asking tonight that someone who is, as they walked into this room and into this church, where their purpose wasn't living for you and loving you, God, tonight, that they would give over their lives to you now, that their purpose would be to run after you and you alone. Tonight, there are things, and definitely in every area uh, or some areas of all of our lives that we need to surrender and give up. So right now, God, we give this as a moment opportunity where I'm not pursuing godly character, where I'm not pursuing King Jesus, you being Lord and King over an area of my life, I surrender to you now. We give it over to you. Help us be all in, unashamed, in following you, Jesus. For those who are in this room, single and frustrated, God, would you bring comfort and peace? Would you encourage them in their pursuit of being just devoted to you, King Jesus, to continue to run the race? Holy Spirit, knowing that you're giving them power and strength to continue to run and pursue well. Would you help every single one of us know, yes, the desires of our heart, but more so even, God, your desires for our life, what you desire for us. For those desiring to pursue relationship and want to get married, help them be fully surrendered to you, to know what are those negotiables and non-negotiables in their life, and to use the dating process of evaluation and assessment and finding out who this person is that you would be in clarity in those moments to see okay is this someone I can run this race with pursuing Jesus well and we will make each other better more like you every single day make that clear thank you Jesus for your love and grace thank you for this moment and opportunity I do praise and thank you for Dennis and Glenn. God, thank you for just their ministry. Continue to bless them in that. Help us in this moment now. Be unashamed in our worship to you. We love you, King Jesus. Amen.